Hello and welcome to Key Factors, powered by ReviewMyMortgage.com. I'm your host, Mark Jones, and today I am joined by Preston Jones and Javier Villarreal, two brand new loan officers to the industry, and I think that's super important that our first episode be um, a bit of a picture um, of the experiences that uh, newer to the business loan officers have, so uh, becoming a loan officer in 2021. Uh, as we kick this off, I want to introduce the two. So, Preston, how are you? I'm great, Mark. Thanks for having me here on the show. This Absolutely. is a great experience. I'm excited to talk about this. Awesome. And Javier, how about yourself? Feeling great. I feel honored to be on here. First episode. Um, yeah, really excited. Good deal. So, um, as we jump right into this topic, uh, the first thing that I want to ask you guys is why you jumped into this industry. So we'll we'll start with Preston, who actually joined in the end of 2020. It was actually November, but uh, uh, in essence, it takes a little while for your license to transfer and things of that nature. So I'm considering him 2021 uh, new to the business. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, um, you know, this is an industry industry that I have been interested in for quite a while, but never really made the leap. Um, I've always been a business owner myself. I run my own basketball organization that I've run for the last eight years. Um, you know, working the prototypical nine to five job was just never for me out of college. I worked there for a year and a half and absolutely hated what I did. I uh, hated waking up in the mornings. It just wasn't something fun for me. So, you know, I went and Got my real estate license, actually. I did real estate for a year. Okay. Was not for me at all. Absolutely hated it. Um, I did it for a little while, and that doesn't mean it's not for somebody else, but it just wasn't for me. Um, you know, the chasing around and showing houses and then somebody deciding, oh, I don't want to buy a house, that kind of, you know, it's... Huge your judgment. E yeah. Exactly, 100%. Um, so I was already into basketball coaching and having a program. So I actually went that full time. I just took the jump and I did that full time. And then um, COVID came. Once COVID came, you know, it put a stop to a lot of things. And one of those was my basketball business. Um, you know, a lot of people are more skeptical. They don't want to go outside. They don't want to go and be in large crowds. So, you know, my business took a hit for that. And when that happened, it was time to venture off and try to find something else to do. Um, fortunately for me, my brother, he, you know, you, <laughs> he, um, he's been in this business for a while. My mother had been in this business for 15 plus years of experience. And, you know, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this side of it. And when I went and took my test, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit I failed the first time. Um, it's tricky. It's, it's a tricky test. And, you know, they say nothing's worth it unless you, you know, unless it's, <laughs> if it's not hard, it's not worth it. <laughs> I'll agree with that. So, 100%, yeah. so, you know, I, I, I failed the first time and, you know, I could have easily given up and said, you know what, I'll do something else. But no, I went back. I, I took my test. I passed the second time and, you know, getting into this industry on this side of it versus the real estate side. Um, it's just, there's more of a puzzle to it. And I don't want to say it challenges your mind more because real estate does have its its own difficulties, but it also, it just, there's a lot more puzzling to it. There's a lot more to it numbers wise. And I like numbers. I'm a numbers guy. So when I got into it, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I love helping people get into homes. Um, there's no greater feeling because this is one of the, if not the biggest purchase 
they will ever make in their life. And me helping them get into a home is an awesome feeling. And so for me, it was like, so you're telling me I get to help people get into homes, make their dream come true, and I get paid to do it? Mm-hmm. Crazy concept. What? Crazy concept. It's the same thing I was doing with my basketball. I'm helping kids get better and I get paid to do it. I, I just think that's the dream of life is to be able to do something that even if you took the money aspect out of it and you still get to do or you would still do it. And that's where I'm at. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Um, now, Javier, uh, do you mind if I call you X? Yeah. For the remainder yeah, of this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So... How about you? You, you, and, and Preston has been in this industry, we'll call it just under a year. Um, and for you being one of the newest loan officers that we've added to our branch, um, I mean, you are a testament and, uh, something that I wish I could pour water on to duplicate kind of like gremlins back in the day. You might be too young for that, <laughs> but, uh, tell us about your why, what, what was the cause or the driver to, leave the industry you were in and jump over to this side of things. So I've been in the apartment industry for like almost 10 years. When I was 18, um, living at a college property, a student property, um, I got into it because they were hiring residents to be like the leasing agents there. And it was a nice job to have uh, while going to school. It was chill. Um, so, uh, I just kind of stuck in that industry. And after that job, I moved to different complexes. I think I've worked at five different apartment complexes over the course of between 18 to 28. Um, and then my, my most recent job, I, you know, went up to assistant manager. Um, so I've always kind of liked the aspect of helping people get into homes. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously then it was apartments. Uh, so while going to school, COVID happened, and I kind of had this moment of like internal existential trying to figure out what do I want to do. Um, and my boy uh, Matthew Stansberry, shout out Matthew, mm-hmm. um, is a great loan officer, and he's always you know uh, told me about his experiences with it. And I told him one day, I was like, "What do you think about this?" He's like, uh, "Do it if you want. I want to see you do it um, before you start giving me hypotheticals." So. I did it, and I'm not going to lie, that test was hard. It was tricky. Um, Fortunately, I passed it, barely, but um, I did, and um, I had a meeting with Mark, and I was like, oh, this guy's cool. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I love working here. Um, Learning from all you guys has been a real, real treat. So, So let me ask both of you almost kind of a topic for discussion. Before you jumped into the industry, um, full feet to – actually jump out to invest in the class and then the test, um, did either of you speak to someone that gave you real advice uh, about this industry? Because most, I believe, perception is that you're going to make a lot of money as a loan officer. You're going to make a lot of money as a realtor. You're going to make them in, in the real estate finance world. Um, and I just wanted to know if, if anybody painted the real picture for you guys. As a matter of fact, me and Matthew uh, were having a conversation about this yesterday um, just because where he's at, he's getting that question a lot, like how to be one. Um, and whenever he talked to me about it, it he did, he always painted the picture very realistically and he would always look me like honestly and be like, it doesn't work out for everyone. You're either going to sink or swim and I don't want to lead you into something where I set false expectations, he always told me. So um, he goes, it'll work out if you work hard at it. 
Um, so I definitely came in not thinking it was going to be like all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. So gotcha. that was one of the things he always, you know, made sure to paint a true, honest picture of. Good deal. And, and, and it's nice that you had that. How about you, Preston? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I've been, I've been fortunate in regards to one, you know, my brother was a branch manager. Um, my mother had been in this industry, worked for many people. Um, you know, I, I got to see the views from different angles. You know, one being that um, my brother was a producing branch manager, but he was also just a loan officer for, I think, seven Six, seven, yeah, years. seven or so. Well, yeah, eight years. Eight, when you at that time, yeah, yep. so about so, a year ago. I mean, nine years. Yeah. So, and then, and then, of course, my mother from the loan partner side of it. Um, and I mean, the picture that was painted for me was the effort that you put in, you know, and 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 I and I got to see it firsthand versus just being told. I've we when we were at parties, you know, I got to see when my brother had to work. You know, we were like, "Hey, where's he at?" You know, he's working, he's working. And you know, at times it's like, "Oh, well, we miss him, we want to see him." But now being in the industry, I'm the guy that goes from parties and starts doing that. You know, mm-hmm. it, sure. uh, it it makes sense now. You know, does that twenty minutes of you going to get that work done is it worth missing out on that time with your family? And that's a call that only individuals can make. And for me, it is worth it because in the long run, what it pays off in the end, it, it, it's worth it. It pays dividends. It, it, it does. And I mean, do you want the life where, yeah, I spent a lot of time with my family, but we're still struggling versus, oh, I may have missed a little bit of time with my family, but we're in a much better place because of it. So being able to see it when I wasn't even, when I didn't even think I'd be in this industry at that time that I saw it with, you know, you working and- sure. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to be in this industry. No, I, I just, I just saw it. And now that I'm in the industry, it makes sense. And you see, and, and, and you being one of the top producers, probably in the state, I mean, if not here, it makes sense. Do you want to be that? Do you want to be the average guy? I mean, what, what do you want to be? So yeah, I, I got to see it and then we got to talk about it. And then now being in it for a year, everything adds up. Two and two is still four. Absolutely. (laughs) And and the reason why I ask that is we've got listeners out there that may be interested in jumping into this industry because uh, I'll be quite honest, you can make a decent living giving half effort, if that makes sense. Um, The typical comp plan is anywhere from 100 basis points to, let's say, 160 basis points per closed deal. Well, you move the decimal, that's 1% or 1.6 some odd percent. Um, So you look at the average income in just our area, we're coming at you from San Antonio, Texas, um, is anywhere from about thirty to sixty thousand dollars for a combined family. Well, you only have to close, let's say, four or five million in a year in order to make that same type of money. Um, in addition to home values rising, so the average home price, it allows you to do less loans and still make a good living or a decent living. Um, I've seen teachers, I've seen um, bartenders, hotel managers, things of that nature jumping into this industry with the uh, intent to make what they've made before and a little bit more. Um, but I don't believe that um, it works that way. It is 100% a direct correlation between the effort you put in and what is given out um, in this industry. 
And when I am hiring a new to the industry loan officer, the first thing that I do as far as goals is I'm trying to scare you out of it. Uh, and the reason for that is I don't want to sugarcoat it. I'm not here to, to make it seem like it's simple um, or uh, give the impression that what and where I've come from and where I'm at now was easy at all. Um, because it wasn't. Uh, this is truly, as a loan officer, and you may hear this um, from veteran loan officers, but it is your own business within a business. So I believe in your case, Preston, you having your own business prior to this caught grasp of that very quickly um, and owned your actions, owned the needle moving activities that you do. Well, the, the you know, just building off of that, you know, what you're saying, this job, it is a sales position, but it's not your typical sales position. You're not going out and selling a product that you're selling to somebody and then you never talk to that person again. In this business, you're literally selling yourself. You're selling your product. You're selling what you bring to the table. I mean, and I've, and just some of the loan officers that I've seen come through this branch sure, in the, in the sure. year. I was going to say, and, and we more, can use that as an example. It's more Absolutely. specific to our directions home loan too, the way that we treat the work. Um, Absolutely. We're, you know, more personable, I'd say. That's yeah. And, and then, like I said, even the loan officers that I've seen come through, because you're going to see turnaround. I'm noticing you're going to see turnaround. That's just what the industry is. Um, the ones that have come through here, the ones that have been successful and gone through are, are the ones that not only know how to sell, sell one, but even if you're not a great salesman and you can give good service, you can still you can still make it through. I mean, you can still get through there because you're giving a service of yourself. So it's it's a different type of sales position than, you know, your prototypical sales position. And, and I'll be honest, I have hired new to the business loan officers that ha do not have sales experience. But I will tell them, honestly, you're either going to need to learn to pick up sales traits very quickly, which essentially means speaking to people, getting uncomfortable, getting out of your comfort zone um, to have conversations that you may have never had before, or you're going to have to become an expert in this field very quickly. Because even if you aren't a great salesperson, if you know your stuff, which there's a lot to learn in our industry, mortgage programs, how rates work, um, the ins and outs of certain types of transactions, people, you still have to learn that, getting them from point A to point Z, Z being the, uh, the final product of owning the home, um, there is, there's so much that goes into that. And I, I want to make sure that we're very clear in our um, description of the true uh, loan officer role. Yeah. I mean, even, even going from my first meeting that I had with a client over Zoom, whenever I first started my very first deal that I closed, the first time we talked about everything, I mean, I was stuttering through, I was sweating through the meat. Luckily, we were on Zoom, so she couldn't see, you know, me sweating through my <laughs> armpits. <laughs> but I mean, I was nervous, I was sweating. She asked me questions, and I would go, oh, I don't. Uh. And it, it, it started off that way. I just had a meeting right now that I had with somebody that took me about 15 minutes. And I was able to answer every question. I was confident whenever I talked to her. And I believe that helps me become better with sales. It helps me become that. But learning the ins and out and and truly the only way to 
to be good in this industry is to do loans. It's mm-hmm. to get yourself out there. It's to yeah. talk to people. If you're scared to do that, it's going to be tough. I will agree. Now, now, X, for you, you being the newest to the branch, newest to the industry, Preston has gone through the the phase of there's more that he doesn't know that he, than he does when speaking to customers. You're in the phase where you know less than obviously someone else. What is your approach with those customers that ask certain questions that you don't know the answer to? I will do two things. Um, I will either just be straight up be like, I don't know that, um, but I can get back to you real quick. Or if I can, if I can gauge the conversation to where I can be like, can I put you on hold real quick? And then I'll go ask Matthew um, and uh, Matthew will help me out. I'm not afraid to ask questions or to put myself in that position where like, I don't know. I don't want to give you a false expectation or a false answer. Um, but yeah, that's ba- basically how I'll approach that. And I believe that that is the key on the road to becoming the expert. Um, what you're doing there is being honest. You're letting your guard down in order to be honest with that customer when most, and I will tell you being in this industry, uh, for nine years plus, I've seen many loan officers, including veteran loan officers that will still give BS on an answer that there is a definitive answer on people can pick up on and people these days can pick up on stuff like that. I believe that we're not in the same time period that we were back in the day to where the customer has everything that they need at the palm of their hands to double check you. I was going to say, cause if they have an inkling that you were BSing them, they'll go Google it yeah, or they'll jump on ReviewMyMortgage.com. Yeah, Yeah. Which they should, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. well, I can, I can tell you this, you know, starting off whenever I first started in this industry, I mean, I was here. I was here. And like I said, just going back to loan officers that I've seen come through the office, the ones that didn't make it, they weren't here. They weren't here in the office. And and I was here at the beginning. I I literally asked probably a hundred plus questions a day to different people. And the people that I asked questions to, I even asked the same questions to other people to see if I'd get the same answer. I asked question after question. I didn't care if I annoyed people. I maybe had, but I I wanted to learn. I listened to phone conversations. I would literally just sit in and listen to a phone conversation with somebody on the phone with somebody because uh, with a loan officer on with a buyer because that's the way you learn. I, I mean, I literally listened and learned and asked as much as I possibly could to find out everything that I could. I think and I if, still do. <laughs> if you get an opportunity to shadow, which you did give us a chance to do, you know, while we were waiting for our licenses, that helps a lot. Sitting in on conversations. And to add on to what you were saying earlier, Preston, because I really want to reinforce this for people who are aspiring to do this, the results that you get are directly correlated to the amount of effort that you put in, for sure. And, you know, me and Matthew have known each other for since we were 18, so we went through that college experience together, a lot of social outings, and as he grew up, as we grew up together, and he started to, you know, target lock on his objectives here... I would get a lot of no's from him when it came out to social outings and gatherings and being like 22, 23, 24, like I wouldn't really get it. Like, bro, come on, you can do it. And now that I'm older, it also came with age when you get to an uh, an age when you realize like the return for those things is not really that great. Like there's not really, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not really getting a lot of out of it. And I've gotten to that point where I'm like, you know, I'd rather show up, go to work, be early on time, not do that stuff. And so you definitely have to be in here. And it makes sense when you get older. Well, there's one thing that you said that that I 
do want to just uh, spotlight, which I don't believe it has to do with the age. I think it does right. have to do with the maturity level and, and the vision that you're now seeing. You're around others that are successful and you're emulating the practices, the, the, the uh, uh, things that they do on a daily basis to get them to where, that they, where they are. Um, and I believe at a certain point, because of social media and all of the outlets and the uh, things that people see us buying and, and where we are in life, the, the top producer, so to speak, um, they believe that it just comes natural. It comes easy. And, and that's, that's not the case. You guys are both um, willing to, like you said, get uncomfortable. You guys are both willing to humble yourself enough to ask questions um, and almost to the point that it's an, you may think it's an annoyance, but that is the way that we're set up. I believe any branch manager out there and, and, and if any of those that are branch managers, uh, number one, stay producing, uh, so that you can absolutely relate to your loan officers. Um, but number two, keep an open door policy. Uh, I know that most of the things that these loan officers are asking are within the guidelines, you're going to definitely show them where the guidelines are, how to search them, things of that nature. But it is also nice to be able to have a conversation and to explain the why behind um, the answers to those questions and also how it can be applied in the face of a customer. Um, so that being said, I want to kind of quickly transition into your onboarding experience because both of you did have two different onboarding experiences. At the time that Preston came on board, I was not using any kind of formal training. It was more of a shoot from the hip, ask questions when you can. Here's the guidelines. Everyone in the office is a resource uh, that's been in the business longer than you, which means everyone. Um, and with UX, at that time, I had decided to invest in a Xenix program, which any of you out there that have taken Xenix, you understand what I'm talking about, but it is a simply a 30 to 60 day training course that is intended to streamline the understanding, the basic concepts so that you can then apply them when it comes to the shadowing. When you're shadowing somebody and you don't understand anything that they're saying, what's the point? 100%. And that's one of the things... I don't know if it's different for Preston because he already had some real estate experience, but I had no idea of any of this stuff. So as far as terminology, guidelines, I didn't know any of it. Um, the only stuff that I did know was the stuff that I was studying for the exam, mm -hmm. which isn't always what you're going to encounter in this business. Um, like on a day-to-day -day basis, obviously you have to know the stuff. Sure. But that class, I think it definitely benefited me. Once I finished the course, I think it took me like, two weeks to do it so it's not like super uh, sure extensive. and it is a self-paced type yeah. course so i have had now uh i believe it is six loan officers go through that program and i will say it's about 50 50 in regards to um them getting something out of it or just going through the motions right right i believe the ones that are committed to uh going full force into this industry um in addition to understanding the concept of the hard work behind it, see those things as tools, not tasks. Right. Um, and I think that that's a big differentiating that's factor. That's a perfect way to do it, to, to word it. Um, I mean, after 
or not even just after, as I was taking the course when I would shadow, a lot of the things that I would hear other people say were making sense. Like, oh, okay, I could follow along now. Um, and there's definitely a difference between someone who's just going to be hitting next on all the slides or as opposed to someone who's like going to be writing stuff down, going to try to remember it, try to like absorb it. So again, it, it, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when I came on, it was kind of a little bit different time in the office because we had, I would say, two or three, maybe four veteran loan officers-ish that had been in the industry for at least two plus years here. So we had we had those other loan officers here in the office. So for me, you know, I don't know if the Xenix would have done me as much benefit as it was the way I did things. Like I said, I probably annoyed a lot of people. I really did. I mean, I was asking a lot of questions, but... Nobody seemed annoyed. Nobody cared. Um, all the loan officers in our office were great. They took the time. They talked to me. And with that, you know, I did have a little bit of knowledge of the real estate side of it. So I wasn't blind coming into this, but I had no knowledge of mortgage. And it's a total different beast. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a whole different monster. Um, but like I said, I mean, I kind of went in full throttle. I was very fortunate in the regards that, you know, you had review my mortgage going. I was able to pick up leads from there. At which case, I was able to talk to a lot of people. Um, I know some loan officers, they may not have that advantage at times. But the biggest thing that I found was I was talking to people. I mean, I got a loan. You were having mortgage was, conversations. Was, exactly. And, and that was allowing me to learn this process, you know. And I know now I see all the training classes that you have set up for all the new loan officers. And those training classes are great. I mean, those were things that I basically learned on the go. So exactly, yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. the new loan officers, you know, they're getting a great thing here with this training and I still sit in those trainings and I still get something out of it. I love those trainings, but you know, mine was just go do loans. Like what? Don't sit on your butt. <laughs> go try to get loans. Right. Don't be scared to get a loan. I mean, if you make a mistake, you're going to make a bunch of them. Yeah. Go get loans. So whenever I started to get loans, I was able to do things. I was able to learn the system, the Encompass system. I I sat in front of Encompass for probably hours before I got a loan. And I looked at it. I was like, I wrote things down, blah, blah, blah. And then I got a loan and I was like, oh, where is that thing at? <laughs> what do I do? Oh, no. What do I do? <laughs> and when he mentions Encompass, that is the LOS or operating system that we use in order to come up with your uh, loan structures, loan types, payments, amortization, scenarios, fees, all of the things that we do, we use an operating system, including running it through an automated underwriting system before it goes to an actual live underwriter. Um, so without having the loans in front of you or the at-bats, I call it, um, you you can't hypothesize. Hypo yeah, hypothetically Hypo put yourself. Hypothesize. <laughs> you can't put yourself unless you actually do it. And um, definitely doing those calls through Review My Mortgage has helped me a lot. I think like the first time that Mark set me up, he gave me a script, right? And he was just like, you know, this is what you want to say. And Matthew was like, you don't want to sound too robotic. And I spent like 10, 15 minutes like mm – -hmm gathering the courage to make my first call because even though I had made calls in the apartment industry, I was apprehensive because I was like, what if they ask me a question? I don't know. And like, I finally worked yep. myself up to do it. And I think I've been making calls for like a week, week and a half now. Yeah. And now it comes so natural. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, so there's, there's not going to be a replacement for actually going in there, a substitution for actually going in to do sure. these things. It's like a sport, you know, it's, it, it really is like a sport. You know, you go to a sport and you can practice all day long, 
But until you get into the game, it's not you don't know what you're doing. Completely it's, different it's, experience, yeah. right? You you're now on you the can't clock. Practice a game situation. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with that 100. percent Now, with with that being said, ReviewMyMortgage.com is essentially a hub and a tool for consumers to go and educate themselves on loan programs nationally based on the criteria of their own situation. Um, we are the preferred lenders in Texas, um, which allows those consumers to be connected to one of our loan officers. With X, with Preston being new loan officers to the industry, I, as the mentor, have to be available, have to be there to make sure that these customers that are looking for answers, looking for solutions, looking for guidance, have the correct answers. And I believe I had told both of you day one, just kind of how you picked up uh, and, and talked about a moment ago, be honest. If you don't know the answer to the question, that's okay. The customer doesn't know either. That's why they're asking you, but you are also the trusted resource. So if you're going to give them um, some washed out uh, explanation vague. and in vague so that you can just get through or get by, that's not what we're here to do. Um, and I appreciate both of you for for uh, taking that step to being honest. It's a tough thing. And, and those loan officers out there or potentially uh, new to the industry loan officers or those in your current career that are interested in jumping into our industry, be honest. Honesty is the number one factor that will build trust, value, um, and rapport with your customers instantly. Well, in this industry, there are checks and balances. I mean, when you're when somebody gets a loan, it goes through you, it goes through your loan partner, it goes through your processor, it goes through your underwriter twice, back through your process. I mean, there are checks and balances. So if you lie to your customer, it's going to come out. It's going to it's one hundred percent going to come out, and then you look bad. It is better to be honest and deliver bad news than it is to lie and try to make something up. I've had so many clients that. In this business, bad things happen. It is what it is. You can't change bad things happening. People people make mistakes. You make mistakes. They understand that. But if you own up to your mistakes, you stay honest, it all works out. It does. I mean, I've had people that were angry at me. I let them talk. We got angry. We got over it. We got the situation fixed. But honesty <laughs> and upfrontness is the way to go in this business. If you don't do those things, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. And, and that's another thing that stands out. And this is something that uh, veteran loan officers can even learn from, which is delivering news. It Bad news, good news, which have you. The bad news needs to be done as soon as possible. And the reason being is these folks on the other end, both buying and selling side, including both realtors, are depending upon the expectations that you're setting for their next move. Where, whether that be uh, uh, scheduling the movers, whether that may be taking off work, getting um, a sitter for the kids, things of that nature. And what I don't think that some veteran loan officers and, and brand new to the business loan officers don't understand is that big concept of you not giving that uh, bad or... Um, let's say difficult or hurdle that we now have to overcome and trying to solve it behind the scenes without the customer knowing um, only, only hinders you even more so. Um, it, it absolutely does. And it's almost as if the inevitable that is going to take place is now worse because the expectations that you had set up front are now missed. 
and you're moving this target continuously versus let's set the right expectations up front. One of uh, the worst questions you could hear from one of your buyers or your clients or your realtor, realtors is why am I just now hearing about this? Right. <laughs> Once you hear that question, they're not sending you business. They're not happy. The situation's done. You can almost cancel any for future deals you may have with them. Why am I just now hearing about this? That's it. <laughs> I think the way that you had put it, um, especially in our last LO meeting, um, was always to set the right expectations. Um, that way you're not moving the goalposts. Sure, sure. Um, and just to reinforce that, when me and you had that meeting with with uh, Hector um, on the real estate side, sure. that was exactly something that he had said was, I hate hearing bad news at the last second. So mm-hmm. if you guys can tell me when it happens, like, you know, we can work we'll together. Figure it out. Yep. So it's not just on our end, it's on the other end of this transaction as well that that's something that you need to be honest about. Always bad news and setting the right expectations. And if you set the right expectations, bad news isn't necessarily bad news. It's just news. It's just news. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly right. That's a right. great, yeah. great, great. A, I agree. That's a great way to look at this. Um, now, I think the concept of the delivering the bad news, it it stems from fear, obviously. Um, and what they don't realize is it's almost a domino effect. Um, and I don't want to harp too much on this, but I do want to make sure that we understand as loan officers in this room, the decisions and the actions that we make affect everybody within a transaction, not just you or your pay or the perception of you. It actually affects the consumer. It actually affects the seller, the realtor. Um, if you're giving the wrong information or wrong expectations, um, the realtor looks bad because chances are that realtor referred that customer to you. Um, and here's another big picture concept is I've been the seller on many, many deals. And there has never been a time that someone told me, hey, we need 45 days to close and today is day one. And I was upset. Now, if somebody says we've got 30-day contract, can you do it? And they say yes, and now here we are two, three weeks in, and we need an extension. Well, then anything that would have been known should have been known up front by that said loan officer. So I've had that happen many times um, because my wife and I flip properties and things of that nature, but I instantly get on the phone with them and say, who dropped the ball and when? Because we know these things should have been caught or known up front if the loan officer knew what they were doing and truly did their job to their best abilities. And that's just something that I think will continue to happen, but that's okay with me. That makes uh, the the good loan officers greater. Yeah. That's something that you're going to want to do a lot is disclose a lot of things. Um, and if you be in an, uh, if you're going to become an LO, you're going to become very familiar with that word disclosures. Disclosure. <laughs> disclosure. <laughs> disclose, yes, yes. disclose, That's disclose. Right. So now let's transition to how you guys are currently um, getting the phone to ring, getting the applications to come in, getting the at-bats that I talk about. Um, and I know both of you are on different paths because we've got Preston, who's been in it for a year already, and X, who you're going on, what, two, three, four months? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you both have different approaches. 
both of you are pretty much Gen Z. So what, what, uh, well, he, okay. Yeah, you, I'm a millennial. Millennial. millennial Gen Z. <laughs> I'm Gen Z. Okay, well, sure. then this is even better. Yeah. So from a millennial's perspective, you jumping into the industry, and to be honest, you didn't use the, what do they call it, clout of, of having your brother in the industry. I'll be 100% honest. That has not been a, a topic that has come up, a leverage that you've used. You have not pulled that lever. No. At all. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, first of all, I know Mike Jones's number. So definitely a millennial in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing for coming into this, one, having a brother that was in here was not going, ooh, I'm going to use my brother's name to get business. It was, I'm going to use my brother to get knowledge. And that's the biggest advantage I got. And people may not understand that as, you know, you used, oh, I use my brother for knowledge, not for business. The knowledge that he gave me allowed me to go get business. Um, you know, doing what I did before I was a basketball coach for many years, I coached thousands of kids over the years and I met lots of people and they liked the way that I did things. And some of those people happened to be realtors. So, you know, one of the avenues that I took was I used the, what is the word I'm looking sphere for? Sphere of influence. The sphere of influence that I already had. And I think people, when you get into this business, it's very important that you understand you already have developed in your life that sphere of influence. You've right. already, you already have people. Why would you not go? And, and, and if you have people that like you and have people that have been in this business, why not go talk to them first? So, you know, that was kind of... Go ahead. And, and that being said, I believe the reason why most don't upfront using their sphere of influence and resources that they have is they don't want to sound stupid. They don't want to sound like they don't know, which you're new to the business. We know you don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> 100%. So, I mean, my very first deal came from one of the parents of the kids that I coached. And I mean, that's, that's where my first deal came from. Um, you know, I, I want to say that I've gotten out of the 30 deals that I've done this year, maybe two or three of them have come from some type of referral from my brother. Maybe, you know, I would say review my mortgage gave me a couple deals, you know, early. And then other than that, I've been getting myself out there. Um, like I said, I have a couple realtors that I've used for that. I've known in the past that like me, that liked me and still liking me and using me. Um, I'm trying to meet new realtors. Um, I've got, I've got a social media that is actually doing very well. I mean, if you get some time, go to TikTok, uh, yeah, lo is. Loans with P. Jones. Um, it's a very comical, informative TikTok. And I didn't, you Entertaining. know. Exactly. And, you know, whenever I was getting into this business, TikTok was actually just starting to really blow up. I mean, it, it was big, but it wasn't really big. So I was like, you know what? I think I can do that. I think that's, that's something that's, you know, I'm a loud, obnoxious person, if you will. You know, I'm, I'm out there. I, I, I you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that was somewhat out of my comfort zone because I was literally on the camera the entire time. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's me. I'm dancing. I'm being silly. I'm being goofy. I'm, I'm doing all these different things. So it kind of took me out of my comfort zone, but you know, I'm actually starting to get business from my TikTok because I went out of my comfort zone. I, and it's something that you have to stay consistent with, something I do daily almost. I mean, I post videos daily. Um, if I didn't do that, it wouldn't happen. Um, I'm picking up realtors from deals that I'm doing on the selling side. 
realtors that like the way that I do things, realtors that like that I am upfront and handle my business. I tell everybody what's going on. There's no secrets in my deal that I'm doing. So I picked up business there. I mean, having conversations with people whenever I'm out at a restaurant. I mean, I do my best to work in that I'm a mortgage loan officer in every single conversation that I have. Not some, not part, every single, I don't care if I'm talking to a janitor or somebody, I have a conversation. Yeah, I'm a mortgage loan officer, you know, oh, is that what you're trying to do? You know, and then I'll give them advice. And then all of a sudden they remember me and they, you know, I get a phone call or a text, um, you know, making sure my name is out there. If somebody doesn't know who you are, it's your fault. That's your fault. It's, I like that. It is nobody else's fault but your own. So right. I, I'll still get referrals from realtors that I didn't even know were going to sell me realtors. I mean, were even going to sell me business because they saw me somewhere. I, last little part, I ran into somebody at my son's soccer game who was a realtor. And he came up to me and said, man, I've seen your videos on Facebook. They're hilarious. And we're setting up a meeting next week together. That's what's up. So like I said, if, if somebody doesn't know that you do what you do, it's your fault. Well, there's an old school concept or quote that people would say, and it was true back in the day, but if you build it, they will come. I believe that that has come to an end because in order for them to come, they've got to know about it. So the new quote is, if you build it, they will come if they know about it. Absolutely. So now X, on your side... Again, I keep mentioning it, so just in case folks jump in in the middle of this, but newest to the team, newest to the industry, um, and you're within that period that I would say most loan officers don't get credit pulls yet. Most loan officers are still trying to figure out who to talk to, um, what needle moving activities fit me, and how I could potentially do business, because you're doing a lot of learning of yourself at the moment. Um, but what I have seen is appointments with realtors, Zoom calls with agents, leveraging uh, conversations with consumers, and in my opinion, uh, some of the highest numbers on credit pools within a short period of time. So what, what do you attribute that to? I would attribute to two main things, one being your sphere of influence. Uh, my first deal was a good friend of mine slash, uh, she was my last most recent manager. That was my first deal. Um, so we're currently working on that. And uh, definitely, I think what benefited me right now uh, coming into this at my age is that all my friends are in the home purchasing age now. We're all 27, 28. Sure. No one was thinking about doing homes when you're 24, <laughs> no. especially coming from the college scene. Um, but now definitely uh, I'm putting that out there. My cousins who are also my age are also not getting married, having kids and looking for houses. So um, actually a couple of my cousins, you know, told me they want to start talking to me about that stuff. Um, and more importantly, uh, review my mortgage has helped me out a lot. Um, I had like three call appointments Um two of which have led to uh, pulls. So um, that's helping me out a lot. And it's giving me those at-bats to make myself comfortable having these conversations. Absolutely. Um, because before that, I mean, you can practice a script all you want, but until you're uh, engaging with a person and you have that back and forth, like you're not really going to get the full grasp until you do it. Absolutely. So yeah, review my mortgage helped a lot. Um, and, and with that being said, I want to um, make a quick note that, and I say it quite often, I say it on a, a different podcast we have, Millennial Market Talk, but if we only did business with our friends, we would all be broke. And the reason why I say that is 
X. You have not experienced it just yet, but I promise you, you will. You will find one day scrolling through social media and a close friend of yours just closed on a house. All the while, they know very well what you do and how to get a hold of you. That comes um, from multiple different reasons, but I think the most important and uh, I guess thing that stands out is they don't want you to see their information. They don't want you to judge them. I can't say it's coming from the hater side of them or anything like that because you're still new to the industry. So how do they know to trust you? Well, I will tell you by uh, experience, we all go through that. And then there's going to become a phase to where you are the trusted person for mortgages in your uh, not only sphere of influence, but also potentially your high school, your college, the people around you that you've touched. But it takes a little while for you to earn their uh, trust in being consistent established. Yes. Okay. Is this just another thing that he's doing? How long is he going to be in? Um, is he just a paper pusher when in my opinion, you're learning to become an expert right very quickly. Definitely. Um, that was one of the things my dad had mentioned when I first brought this up because I was, you know, on, on track to going to med school until that existential crisis. Um, I actually had a conversation with him last night, and I'll preface it with this. He's really happy with how he saw, you know, my attitude has changed. He really likes where I'm going. We had a FaceTime call. Uh, but when I first brought this up, one of the things we used was like, that's just a paper pusher, Javier. It's just a paper pusher. And not in a negative, condescending way, um, but you, he didn't understand that this is a place where you can educate people on making one of the biggest purchases in their life. Um, and now he's like getting that and yeah, he's, you know, he's really happy with where I'm at right now, seeing the work that I'm doing. Um, so, and I, and I will, um, I'll go back to what you had mentioned about the paper pusher thing. I'm not here to judge anyone, but I will tell you the difference is substantial between a loan officer that works for a bank versus a loan officer that works for a mortgage company. Um, in essence, the bank loan officer is dependent upon referrals from the other bankers within their branch, the book of business, and essentially marketing commercials that are only talking about interest rate. And the reason why they do that is because they have not invested the money resources to educate these loan officers to become the expert. So they never get to really push past or test their abilities to be that expert until they jump on this side. And there are very few that actually muster up enough courage to do that. Um, Whereas both of you jumped straight in, feet first, and running. Um, And that that, that says a lot about you you guys' character and and your drive to succeed. Well, just to to kind of build off of what you're saying about being an expert um, and, you know, the differences in a bank and a a mortgage loan officer, you know, I, I had to learn that in my own time of what I'm worth. Um, being in on this side, I feel like I am an expert. I feel like I, I know what I'm worth. I know what my value is. And not to say that somebody working at a bank isn't an expert or doesn't have the value. But on this side, on the mortgage side, I know what my value is. I know what I'm worth. I know what I've learned. Um, so, you know, with that being said, it's just, it's more of a, I don't know, learning curve. Throughout the, good way throughout, the, throughout the time becoming a loan officer? I believe it's an understanding that there isn't 
one specific program for a buyer, they have options. And once you learn and discover, take the time to learn uh, yourself that there are options that could fit in certain situations and then present them to these consumers, they themselves are now open to the fact that, wow, there's options. Whereas I went to such and such place and they pitched me on one product. Um, and that seems to be kind of maybe what happened in 2008, 2007. They were all uh, steering the customer towards something that they were comfortable with, knew how to sell when they should have been listening, hearing, building a relationship, and then um, providing them the options and then recommending based on their situation. Right. And I think one of the things that you need to understand is if you want to be an expert loan officer, one of the things that you really need to do is educate. And what I see happening is that there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to purchasing a home and your ability or what you need to do to purchase one. Because whenever I make these calls, they're like, ah, they give me these obstacles where I'm like, no, there's ways, there's programs, there's, and if there's not, if you're not at a spot right now, I can help you get you there. Mm -hmm. And I think as far as in Gen Z, the biggest sentiment that Gen Z has is we can't afford homes. We can't, we don't qualify for homes. And it, once I got, and I had that same sure, understanding. Sure. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm educated, and I'm like, no, there's ways, there's ways. And it's a lot, you, you're in a lot closer position than you think you are Absolutely. more often than not. Um, and I think that that's what you should strive to do is dispelling a lot of the fear and misconception behind the home purchase process. Absolutely. And, and, and I um, empower those consumers that are out there listening to this first episode, even though you're not interested in becoming a loan officer, but I empower you to seek options, education, understanding of what it is that you're getting ready to go through so that you don't get put into a category. I, I empower you to get a second opinion if you have spoken to one loan officer and they didn't provide you options. I, I empower you to get a second opinion if a loan officer didn't explain to you how rates work. Um, that That's a big topic uh, for a different time, but that is one of the things that stand out the most in previous generations that interest rate is the only thing or only factor that they hone in on. Why? Because for the past many years, big banks spend a lot of marketing dollars on interest rate. And essentially, this is, I can't say it's a brainwash, but it is a tool that they use to capture business. But it's almost a, uh, hey, look over here. It's very misleading because there are plenty of options that you could find that have a higher rate, but a much lower payment or a much, much better situation for the consumer long term. Correct. Yeah. And um, yeah, as far as, you know, educating people on that, uh, there's one of the things that I'm learning right now that Matthew has told me is whenever you're structuring a loan, I, my first instinct was to ask Matthew, what is the best loan that I can give this person? Like, give me a starting point. And Matthew has told me, work out the scenarios. Like, work them all out. Work them all, work them all out. Because Matthew, at this point, just looking at, you know, scores and numbers, he can already tell me, oh, this is what it is. 
but he, I fail to realize that he's like that because he's been doing this for so long. And, right. he, and he's told me I would work out all the scenarios. And so that's something that you definitely want to do if you're thinking about doing this and you get to a position is work out the scenarios and become more accustomed to understanding what certain numbers will give you and uh, what those numbers mean. Well, one of the big things that I've seen, you know, is one, if, if, if your loan officer is not willing to show you their screen – then you might want to be weary. Yeah, I, you'd be surprised how many people I've talked to that went to banks or somebody with lower interest rates um, and they never got to see anything. They just said, oh, they just sent me this. Okay, well, let's look at it. And then you find different hidden fees in there. You find all kinds of things. Yeah. You know, if they don't show you your screen, I, I'd be a little skeptical. You you want to see what... <laughs> What are you? What are you putting this money into? Absolutely. Where's your money we're not, going? We're not buying a car. Here. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, where's your money going? That's a big thing. So, well, guys, I mean, this was very enlightening. Um, I am excited to see where you guys take this in the future, and, and I'm, I'm again, I'm very blessed to be able to have uh, young gentlemen like yourselves that are uh, passionate about something that you jumped into and learned that. By way of these obstacles, it's making me a better person. It's making me the expert so that I can help more consumers um, in the state of Texas accomplish the goal of homeownership. And even those homeowners that are already homeowners, provide them options, solutions to their life issues or life um, life happens, yeah. you know. And you've got to have that person that is the expert that can utilize the tool or driver as a mortgage to help them with those solutions. Uh, so a couple of things uh, as I'm going to do with this podcast is point out the key factors that we've discussed today. One of the biggest factors that I would say goes hand in hand with becoming a loan officer and the first step to becoming a great loan officer is to be honest, set proper expectations. If you don't know the right answer or the answer, it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'll find out and I'll get back to you. Now, the key to that is making sure that you set the expectation of when you're anticipating to get back to them. If you say you're going to get back to them within an hour, do that. If it may take you a day, make sure to let them know that. Um, it builds respect and trust within the relationship. And that is the key conversation in any um, consumer loan officer situation. Uh, another thing, key factor is provide options to your customers. If you're a seasoned veteran loan officer right now and you don't provide options and you're wondering why your business isn't growing, that's the number one factor right there. Provide options um, so that your customers can see you as the expert, not just another loan officer. Um, and the last factor, in my opinion, is you get out what you put in. This industry is not easy. This industry is not for the faint of heart. Um, if you don't have grit, you will find it here. So I will ask if you guys have anything, advice for uh, new loan officers getting into the industry that you'd like to close with, and then we'll wrap it on up. Um, no, I mean, uh, I just had this conversation yesterday, and it's all it all comes down to if you really want it, be, work, be ready to work for it. Um, it's just not going to be handed to you, so... Yeah, the, the biggest piece of advice that I could probably give that I learned early, that I'm grateful that I learned early is when you're in this business, you cannot stop. 
If you stop, you're going to see it in your business and you won't see it this month, but you'll see it next month. This business is always a month or two ahead. And if you stop, and it's very easy to have a really good month and go, oh, I had a good month. I'm going to take this month off. Okay, that's great. But you're going to see the lull a month or two later. So when you get in this industry, don't stop. Just because you had a good month, then you better keep going. That month, you better be working just as hard or harder. Because if you want to keep having those good months, then that's what you got to do. So don't stop. Keep going. That's great advice. Absolutely great advice. Um, so again, I was joined by Preston Jones, loan officer here in Texas. You can find him on TikTok as Loans, Loans with, with P. Jones. There you go. <laughs> and Javier Villarreal also goes by X, and he's probably going to be the X factor to yes. your next loan. <laughs> That's exactly. right. Um, and this is Key Factors, guys. I'm your host, Mark Jones, and we are powered by ReviewMyMortgage.com, the largest index for mortgage programs nationally.